Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. We are waking up the world, making suicide a thing of the past, especially teen suicide. And there's a lot of moving pieces when we're having this conversation, especially on the concept of pure prevention and what works. And so that's where we're going. Steve Lewis, I am so incredibly grateful and excited for this interview. We're going to talk about gamification, gamifying mental health, and how this is changing the game. Part of the conversations, you may want to stick around. The ride is about to get really interesting from here. So Steve, please join me in the studio. Hey. How are you? I'm good. So happy to have you. Thanks for having me here today. I feel very blessed. <laughs> You're welcome. I am very happy to have you on the show, Steve. Give me, ah, shoo, sorry. This is the, the fun part about doing live shows is that you never know exactly what's going to be happening in the background. So I was taming some elephants and now I'm in the room with you and it is a great place to be because what you're doing in the world of gamification and e-learning and bringing in the meditation and the visualization is so much on the cutting edge of how the brain really works. So I have to know, how did you get into gamification? T tell everybody who you are and what you do and, and how this all came about. Okay, again, I'm Steve Lewis and I've been in tech for a very long time on uh, CRM, I worked for IBM, I've done a lot of cool things through the years. But in this latest incarnation of myself, I, um, I, I taught myself how to do e-learning. I thought it was fascinating and a great way to get the messages out to the world. All these people you have on your beautiful show, they have such beautiful messages. And as the tech person, I decided I want to be the one who helps these people get their messages out there. And yeah, um, as, as the tech person, there's a little bit of some noise on your microphone. Oh, really? <clears throat> you might need to just scoot up just a tad. Okay. Or, yeah. I'll come up a little bit. Oh, that's much better. Thank you. Okay. Sure, sure. So, so again, um, I try and help people um, make courses. And there's many people that make courses. So um, there's nothing that unique in that anymore. And it's wonderful that they've made it so much easier to make courses. But I wanted to come up with a way that people, um, the, the coaches could keep the students more accountable. And so I came up with technology that logs the time that um, <clears throat> the, the student watches the videos or the meditation and it allocates points for how long they listen to the meditation for. And also they do a gratitude journal, which we teach the children and adults to keep and which I keep every day myself because uh, I'm grateful for so many things. So I like to teach that everyone should keep a gratitude journal and it keeps it online. So every positive thing you do, you get points. And then from all these points, it goes to a leaderboard and it creates a friendly competition between the students and a little bit of interactivity and, and accountability because the student knows that the teacher's watching and that makes students more efficient. It does help make all of us more efficient if we have an accountability system in place. Yes. So this, this conversation around what makes it fun? So what are you getting for feedback as far as what parts of this are fun? What are people enjoying the most? Well, uh, it gives them a reason to uh, talk to the other students and engage. 
Um, many of the course uh, creation platforms are one way. The teacher is just talking right to the student and the students don't talk to each other. And, um, and even the, the teacher doesn't even get to that much interaction with the student. It's all videos and the teacher doesn't know what they're doing. So this creates this extra engagement between the student and the student. Sometimes some of the lessons are um, more like social media type. And they ask uh, what, um, for the children, it says, what five kind things are you gonna do this week? And then they put up what they're gonna do. And then other students get to comment, oh, that's nice, did you do that? Uh, pay it forward. And it, it keeps everybody encouraged and interacting with each other. And the students like that because they see other people are doing the work too. And that encourages them to do the work even more. And then of course, there's a leaderboard. And these days there's you know competition. People um, enjoy seeing their name on the top of the leaderboard, the top 10 people. And I text everybody and tell them, hey, you know, you're top of the leaderboard, congratulations. And that can go in the email too from the coach. Hey, everyone, look who's on the top of the leaderboard. Log in, get going. This week you'll be tops. So things like that. You know, it's like the things that sports coaches yeah. understood. And in the sports coaching arena, this is you know the level of engagement that a sports coach has with his team. And the team learns to communicate with each other because they're doing the, the group activity. In the e-learning platform, there's a very different kind of engagement and it's missing this sense of camaraderie a lot. I'm seeing it in my kids as they're adapting to remote learning and my grandkids actually, not my yes. kids so much, but my grandkids adapting to the remote learning. This sense of engagement is really a missing component. And I love the fact that you're finding ways to gamify it and, and to bring it back in. What made you decide to go in the direction of this? What happened that brought to your awareness that accountability was the key piece that was missing? Well, I started to realize as I made uh, created these e-learning courses that people don't do the work. And, um, and it was very frustrating uh, creating all these things and putting the videos up. And, and a lot of times not even get, being able to tell if the students were doing the work or not. So I made my, because I'm a techie, I could, you know, I coded into these platforms how to keep track of the time that the student is listening, that they're doing their uh, journaling, their grad gratitude journaling, that they're talking to the other students and giving points for everything. So I got frustrated that there was no way to know. And I think most teachers don't know. And, um, you know, some don't care, and they, I think they should, but, but the ones that are really good coaches, I think they do care, and they are the ones who love knowing whether their students are truly doing the work. And, um, you know, um, I've been watching your show, and I saw Natan, and I saw John, and um, I, everyone has all these beautiful methods of teaching meditations and skills and hypnosis, and to, so I thought to myself, and I do meditation, and um, I thought to myself, what if people really did what Natan is teaching every single day and didn't miss and really did it? And um, so how could Natan know that they're doing it every day? So with my methodology as a coach, could see that they're 
doing it every day and run reports on the students and see how long they're doing it. And then I believe with that accountability, the, the coach and the student can have a relationship and say, hey, we were doing hypnosis all week. I saw you, you know, you did it all five days. Excellent. How are you feeling now? You know, and now the student knows that the teacher is um, watching. And just when they know they're watching, they're going, hey, I better get to it because um, I pay a lot of money for this and I can't even con my teacher into thinking that I'm doing it because he's going to know. So, so that's, that's why that. You know, it's, it's amazing. And you're right. The, this is a powerful piece that is often missing. And it's more of a need now because we are in this whole different world that we are in. You know, I was calling this the COVID cocoon. And now I'm calling it the COVID compression because we've been in it so long that we're kind of outgrowing it. It's, it's pressing in on us in every way possible. And so anything that can improve the positivity is what I am looking for, of course, with the Teen Suicide Prevention Society and this show. And this e-learning meditation, visualization, gratitude practice is an amazing piece. And I know it's just the tip of the iceberg for you because you're working with so many of us in this um, expert space, helping get our messages into the world that I wanted people to have a chance to see what was possible. And I was so grateful, Steve, that you said that we could let everybody have what you created, which is just amazing. And for all of our educators, because we have a lot of educators watching the show now, um, we want them to have it for their students. So I'm gonna go ahead and drop that into the chat for everybody so that they can have it. And that way, if you guys go now, by the way, first one to check and make sure that that link works is gonna get a prize from me, <laughs> all right? So drop that, yeah, it works. Aha, Katie, you don't count. <laughs> oh, Katie, no. All right, so check the check, everybody check it and log in. And that way, if you've got questions about it while Steven's here, we can go ahead and get some of those questions answered because it is a new way of engaging with the brain. And that's been sort of the theme the power of positivity is a force that could turn the tide on not only this topic, but on the general um, malaise, the general depressing that we are seeing happening in the world. So check mm -hmm. it out and jump back in and let us know. One that you, you got it done first because you'll be the first person in. This is my game. You, know, you check the link, you win a prize. Um, and we can ask some questions of Stephen. I have not had a chance to set up my account with it yet. So I'm going to have let Katie do that in the background. And then let, she'll ask me some questions too, because she's my techie go person. Sure. And everybody needs one of those. Yeah. What happened? I Because mean, this is now a passion project for you. Yes. What were you, I mean, you were working for IBM, you were working for these big companies, you were doing customer relationship management software, right? Yes. That was your, your bailiwick. So those incredibly um, useful and sometimes confusing databases. Right, yes. Um, and, and I would like, oh my God, we could so have the conversation about CRMs and databases and yeah. what's, the, what's an easy one to use because they could be created. So, um, and the Thinkific page is where you're housing your software, right? Yeah, that's that's where the e-learning is. Okay, and, cool. Um, and uh, checking that that's where it's supposed to go. 
Oh yeah, that's a that's a, it goes to the Thinkific site. By the way, when you log in and you're very welcome to try everything, um, there's general meditations, there's keeping a gratitude, jur gratitude journal. And um, there's also some tennis lessons in there because the Inspiring Children's Foundation, which I made that for a nonprofit, we take the kids out and teach them tennis. So to teach them visualization skills, we should we have them look at star tennis players and then close their eyes and then uh, visualize themselves hitting the ball just like those players. So that's part of the training. But but um, so if you want to learn some tennis, that's good too. But there's very general meditation uh, skills in there. Uh, Jewel, the singer, is a sponsor of our program, and she does the meditations, and she's just beautiful, as beautiful as she sings, she's as beautiful when she does these teaching counting meditations to calm people down. So, so um, I think you'll, you know, you'll really like it. There's meditations on compassion and kindness and always remembering to be kind and um, doing the next right thing. But uh, back to your question about, yes, I was in the CRM and back in the day, there were only two. There were uh, Acton um, Goldmine and I was with the Goldmine team. And now it's grown into a gigantic industry. But um, I had my day and things were going well. And then in 2002, the dot-com bust happened. Mm. And, and um, I thought I was like, made it. I mean, I went up and down a lot of times. And, uh, and now I thought, this is it. I will all these programmers and I'm looking over the ocean in Malibu. And, and I really thought, this is it. Thank you, God. I put in all my hard work and, you know, now this is my reward. And uh, then the dot-com came and uh, they started doing layoffs and all the, you know, and I went into a deep depression. And um, I'm, I'm glad to tell people about my depression now because it was so dark. Um, and it was really like a dark night of the soul. I, I could barely function. And, um, you know, cause I couldn't believe here I was managing all these people and now I could possibly get laid off. And, and, and I saw the writing on the wall that I was gonna get laid off. And I, and, um, it was, and I had had the mild depression before in my younger years and I didn't know what it was, just like John was telling his story. In the back of the day, no one knew what these things were. And I'm so happy that they speak about it so much more now, depression. And I'm so glad that you are addressing it openly. And uh, now that I'm better from depression, I, I want to share my message and my story. So, so I was very, very lucky to have a wonderful family that supported me when I was depressed. And my, my beautiful uh, father, my late father, you know, when I was in pieces and I couldn't even like barely get out of bed, he said, listen to me. He goes, I will never let anything happen to you. I love you. And I, I was thinking, how could you love me? Look at, I failed. And I, he goes, are you kidding? Like, I love you unconditionally. Go, nothing will ever happen to you. You just listen to me. We're going to get you better. We're going to figure this out. And, and just because he said, you know, he got this and he would never let anything happen to me. I already felt better and that I and relieved and I believe that things could get better. I know so many people in this world don't have a father like I had and I was so lucky to have. And when I see people who have depression, like bad depression, I tell them, I got you, I won't let anything happen to you. 
and um, I'd steer them towards meditations and I try and take them to the gym. I take them to the gym with me. And I, you know, as long as they're willing to work at it, I will work at it with them. And, um, and I just realized, let me at least make something really, uh, something good to come out of this horrible thing, which is so dark. I could totally see how teens um, have challenges with suicide. Um, it, it, it's so dark, it seems like there's no end. And if there's no one on the other side to help pull you out, you know, I, I just feel bad for all those people. So, so now in this part of my life, I'm creating these things and teaming with beautiful people who have these beautiful messages and techniques to help people with their mental health. And that's what my e-learning is gonna be about for the rest of my life. And most of the things I do for nonprofit for absolutely free. I'm happy just to see the people on the e-learning and doing the meditations. And I'm the coach going, hey, we did this, you know, I wanna see you on the meditation. I see you didn't do it today. And I'm able to text them and have a conversation. And you know what, Jackie? They're so happy that somebody's watching to see if they're doing it or not and cares about them. And then I say to them, you know what? You're gonna be, not only you're gonna be all better, you're gonna be better than you were because this part of your life is gonna end and another part's gonna start that's gonna be even better. I know it's hard to believe that now, but it's true. And then one day when you're better, I want you to pay it forward and you'll see somebody who's having challenges and you'll help pick them up. And that's my, big dream about doing this e-learning and helping other people um, do it. And, and just to quickly finish the story in 2002, the dot-com bust, uh, I lost my position and I had to move to another area to get a similar type position where I didn't, which wasn't even as good as the position I had to start all over again. But the beautiful thing that happened is where I moved to, that's where I met my wife, Stacy, my beautiful wife, Stacy. Oh, wow. And, and if the universe didn't boot me all the way to the other place, I would have never met her and, and have um, my beautiful stepchildren and my eight grandchildren. And I am so blessed and so lucky. So, so you know, you never know why the universe is doing what it's doing. And, um, you know, so I say, so it, 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 it's, it's truly a blessing. And I just like to tell anybody who's feeling dark and, and helpless, like, you know, just, you know, use the tools that Jackie's giving you here. Use the tools that I'm giving you. Write a gratitude journal every day, whether it's paper or using my software, and always remember the things that you're grateful for. And, and that'll make you feel better. And help others and always be of service, even when you're feeling bad. How about especially when you're feeling bad? especially when you're feeling bad. Yeah. You know, that, that was one of the things that I discovered when we started training people to have the conversation, to have the talk about suicide, is that when they became willing to help someone else by opening up this conversation, using the script that is so carefully prepared to just make it safe for both people in the conversation, that it actually had the benefit of opening up the conversation, creating the awareness and the understanding and all of the great things, but it actually had the benefit for both people. It wasn't just the person who was being talked to, if you will, 
right. was also the person who initiated the conversation. Both of them ended up being moved further away from an edge that they may not have even known they were near. And the, so the truest words are that the fastest way to help yourself sometimes is to help someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a lovely place to be. I love that that's what you are training kids to do. Yes. Because it's built into this program that you've created for them. Yes, it is. I'm super excited that you're going to be doing some work with us at the society and creating a program that will allow for the kids. And this will be for teens. And this is a shock to the people who know me. Um, yes, I am the co-founder of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. And I'm a firm believer in following good directions, like the ones on a bottle of aspirin that say, take two and keep away from children. Yeah, I'm better off keeping away from children is how I have seen myself for years. So the fact that I'm doing this with the Teen uh, Suicide Prevention Society is only because of my daughters. And so my daughters are going to be working with you, Stephen, for doing the things with the teens because they're you know, in their 30s and 40s. So they're amazing at being able to bridge the gap between where I'm more comfortable working with adults. They are just fine working with the teens. And I'm like, yes, you know. That's beautiful. We've got the right people for the job here. Yeah. And so that, and you don't even know, we actually got the landing page up for the society. Oh, nice. And so that's new and everyone can join. It's completely free. We're doing two things. We're doing the e-learning and building out that platform so that there's another way for people to interact. And we're gathering real-time data because the Center for Disease Control is struggling to get real-time data out to where it needs to be. And when it comes to suicide and struggling with suicidal thoughts, when it comes to depression, when it comes to feeling helpless or hopeless, or dealing with what I'm calling lethal sh levels of shame, you know, we need to have this information so we know where to put our efforts to help. Just like the society, we, you know, if we don't know that there's a crisis brewing in a school, then we don't know that we need to be doing some, you know, reaching out to that school. So that's the purpose of the real-time data. But the real purpose is so that we can petition the governments to fund more pure prevention programs. They've started with mandating social emotional learning in the schools. And that's a good start, but it's nowhere near enough compared to what we're dealing with as far as the tsunami. So that's one of the things that I'm so excited about, Stephen, to be able to have this conversation with you and to share with everybody how this could change in the future. We need people to participate in the surveys at the society, in the petitions for the government, in the e-learning platform so that we know what works. And all of this is going to be free for society members. So putting that link up, Katie, thank you very much. You know, it, and yes, I see my daughter, Katie, she's saying it's easier for her to work with teens because she has a teenager. I actually have four teenage grandsons. Huh. Yeah, I raised I've got one. Daughters. I've got I got one. blessed with four teenage grandsons. You've got one teenage You got one teenage boy. Yeah, one teenage boy, and but um, my daughter, who's twenty four now, 
beautiful daughter, Lindsay, who I love more than life itself. She also suffered through teenage years of uh, anorexia and alcoholism and all of these things. And, um, you know, we made it through that. But I see how hard it is to be a teenager with the social media and who's pretty and who's at what party and all of this stresses and, oh my God, you know, and, um, you know, so, so now Lindsay, we fought and we did all the right mental health things and, and um, but, but there needs to be societies like yourself where other children who don't have parents who can notice this or can fund getting them the help and get them the help because everybody deserves the help. And uh, being a teenager is tough. <laughs> it's like, I think it's really hard. And um, I just think it's a beautiful thing to find ways to, to help the teenagers. And I'm your data guy, Jackie, because I'm the computer guy and I'm the guy who likes to keep track of numbers and I can help show who's doing what. And that's what I'm all about. Um, it's like playing tennis and wanting to keep score instead of saying, oh, let's just hit. Well, I like to keep score. And I think keeping score is important because it adds that accountability and the engagement and the fun of uh, gamification. You know, and it's, it's so needed. And the fact that we are connected and, and you are doing this work for the nonprofits and you're going to be doing this work with the Suicide Prevention Society and the Teen Suicide Prevention Society is like so amazing for me. I, you are a true miracle. <laughs> you have come into my life. Yeah. And, you know, we never know when we're going to meet somebody who can change the trajectory. Because I honestly did not know how I was going to gather data, how I was going to manage data. I'm not a techie person. You know, I'm a, I'm a mindset magician. I can play magic behind your eyes and between your ears, but don't ask me to track data. Right, right. I have That's... learned forgetfulness. You know, <laughs> I, I've, I've been working in the stress management field for decades. And so even though I have rules around it and keep everybody safe so no one shares their mental and emotional trash or their unresolved negative history with me until after it's been completely resolved and the emotions have been discharged. But then they, they can tell me their stories. And I had to train myself to forget them because that's where the concept of emotional Teflon came from. Doing the work that I do, I could come around if I had Velcro, I could end the day with everybody's negative, you know, history stuck all over me. And I needed to create emotional Teflon to be able to help it slide off. Right. And that part of that became trained forgetfulness. And now that whole concept is, you know, I'm working in partnership with Positive Prime. And that's emotionalteflon.com, Stephen. And I would love to have that conversation. We don't. We won't geek out and bore people with this um, right. about you know, how they're tracking and how you're tracking, and we'll figure this out. Um, in the meantime, your journey with your daughter is very, very compelling, and I don't want to pass over it because it was my daughter's journey that brought me to be doing the work that I'm doing, and it's your daughter's story that is part of your passion behind doing this work, creating the programs, the, uh, the 
meditations and yes. the gratitude journals and the accountability. Yes, yes. Everything I lived it, and now I wanted to put it in the course. When we were at our lowest, Lindsay is my stepdaughter. And, you know, it could be a little hard to get stepdaughters to listen to you in the beginning days. And I got her when she was 11. Wow. And, yeah. And, uh, and then I had her for the teen years. And there were very rough years with alcoholism and anorexia and all these struggles. But when we were at the lowest and, and it was like four o'clock in the morning, I remember going, are we at the rock bottom? Are you ready to, to pray and meditate now? And together we, we meditated and prayed. You know, we felt that she had rock bottom. And um, she did the work and she, she has come back so far. She is the most beautiful person, my Lindsay. She's 24, she has two little children herself. She's so kind and, and caring. I'm so proud of her. I, and we are so close. Here I was like the stepfather. Who wants to listen to the stepfather? Nobody, you know, it's like, do, you know, I want you to, you know, put away your clothes. I don't want you to dress like that. You know, I don't, you know, all this stuff, you know, and now, um, you know, she just says, I see why you told me to do all those things those years. And I appreciate you doing that. And I said, well, I loved you too much to just yes you. I could have just been the stepfather and said, whatever, you know, you know, this is too hard. But I, I, I told her that and she said, I know that now. So, so the message I got in that is that when you have the teenagers and they're not listening and everybody's got them, just keep pounding away. And uh, my father taught me just always teach them to do the next right thing. And I just looked up to God and said, how can I help her? How can I help her? She's not listening. And I just kept pounding away with the next right thing. And she's, and now she's learned to help other people. And she's so good to her children. She's 24 and uh, we're all so blessed. And um, I, I, you know, I might've made a lot of software that was successful, you know, so, but I have to say my greatest accomplishment is in my life is getting Lindsay right, you know, and that's the one I'm the most thankful for more than any business thing or anything. And to have this close relationship I have with her, just like I had with my father. So that's, that's my little story. <laughs> It's an amazing journey and it's amazing in a lot of ways for me. I love the fact that it was the dot-com bust and that whole shedding of yeah. that like, career <laughs> and the move. Yes. And that's where you met your wife. And in that moment, because you didn't have children of your own. No, no. So the only way that the universe could figure out for you to pass that legacy from your dad down was to make you a dad. So poof, you're that's dead. Right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> that's why I always say you never know why, you know, why something's happening. You go, why is this happening? I'm a good person. Why am I losing my job? And the universe saying, I need you over there to meet Stacy, you know, and Stacy was widowed, you know, there's a whole other story. I'm not going to go into it and bore people, but she was married 27 years and she was widowed and I had never been married. And, and, you know, so, and then this is how we got together. And then I was able to be Stacy's husband, which is the greatest thing in my life and Lindsay's dad and, and, and all the other, you know, Scott and Brenna, my other step, beautiful children. 
and and now I have eight grandchildren, one wow. teenager, <laughs> and the rest are just beyond belief, more fun than anything. And I know it's a gift to have all of these things. And every day in my online gratitude journal, I write how grateful I am for my beautiful wife and my beautiful life and everything that's given to me because, you know, it's a gift. It's a gift. And I know it's my duty and my job to help others and not just be happy with what I have. I'm going, okay, you've done, you know, God's, the universe has been good to me. It's, that's not enough to just be on my laurels and just have fun. I have more work to do. I'm not done yet. And it doesn't have to be about the money. It doesn't have to be about the money. It's actually even better to help people without even wanting anything back. And, and uh, I've learned to really love that. Yeah, it is the power of positivity. And philanthropy is one way of positivity. And we had the discussion earlier this morning about the different ways of it, that it, the currencies and philanthropy doesn't really have to require money. Philanthropy could be your time, your talent. It you know, doesn't have to be your treasure. Right. You know, it can also be that you share just your experiences and your, um, your fame. You know, that's, and, and I love that idea because like you said, you've got uh, jewels, right? The, yes. the, the singer and she is sharing her fame with your mission to help bring this into a broader audience and make it happen for, for these kids. And so there's so many different ways we can share. Yes. And while, and so what you said is great. You use your talents and, and you can do it without needing to be paid for it. You know, whether you are financially free already or whether you are working towards financial freedom, right. you know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to wait to give back, to be philanthropic, to make a difference. That's right, that's right. If you could do something and you don't expect something back, that's even a greater thing. Um, it's hard to teach children that or when they're teenagers to do something and not expect something back. But you know, when you pound it into them and you really mean it, I think if you say it enough times, they get it. And um, it really does pay to be kind and I think the last time we spoke, I said one of my favorite ones is like, um, it was Dr. Wayne Dyer who said, um, if you have a choice of being right and being kind, always choose being kind. And uh, that always stays with me. It's like, how, bad, how badly do you really need to be right? Not as bad as you think if it's gonna hurt somebody else, it's better to be kind. And- It's, um, it's better to be kind. Yes. It, it really is. And it's not a lesson that is easy to get. You know, those two lessons that you just talked about, the one about giving with, without needing something in return. So maybe unconditional giving. Right. You know, it's like what your dad had for you was unconditional love. You know, yes. nothing bad was gonna happen to you on his watch because that was what he signed up for as your parent. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I thought he wouldn't, you know, when, when you're messed up because of the depression and, you know, I can remember how it felt. You feel like you're a loser. You feel no one could love you. It's all an illusion, by the way, for whoever's listening. And if you ever feel this and Jackie knows this, it's not true. It's just your mind in this terrible state telling you these terrible things. So that's why it's so important if you see somebody else who's hurting to tell them 
it's going to be okay. This is going to pass. And even though they're going, how's it going to pass? I don't understand it. it if they hear the words, it's going to pass, or that you love them, or you're with them, or you're going to help them, it means so much to them when, when you're saying that to help them get better. So that's what I learned from my father, besides so many other things, that, that just hearing those words helped me. So I want others to hear those words. And I use the words a lot. I go, I got you. Nothing's, I said, nothing's ever going to happen to you. And I whispered in my uh, grandchildren's ear too. I'm going, nothing's ever going to happen to you. Like, Poppy's gotcha. <laughs> you know, it's an amazing gift that you are giving to your grandchildren by getting this message into their brains before they have too many filters. Because we have a lot of filters around this issue of trust. And we were the journey here is really a telling one when you can get the message in past all of the filters to where people can trust that they are safe yes so much potential is lost out of the fear that it's not safe to move forward that it's not safe to take the risk that it's not safe to even put pen to paper in a gratitude journal that it's a scary place to be if you're not used to expressing gratitude because yes. our culture beats us up with what's wrong and doesn't teach us how to focus on what's right and yes. what we're grateful for. Yes, yes. So it's a very um, powerful gift that you have created for everyone, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Well, these are things that I've learned and I read and I study philosophy. And, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm very spiritual, spiritual more than religious. And, um, you know, it's, it's the golden rule, what comes around goes around. And uh, I know it's true. When you're younger and you're a teenager, it's harder to believe in these things. What, why is feeding the homeless important? You know, I could be out with my friends at the mall or something like that. Try telling your kids to do all of that. And I would drag them along with me and I'm saying, you know, this is important. You know, serve them a cup of coffee, see how good that feels. And then they, they see it is fun to, to help others. And if you could teach them at a younger age, um, it's really, really a good thing. Well, you've said something really important that it's not about telling them, it's about doing it with them. It's yes. about bringing them along as you are a human doing. Yes. Because kids don't do what we tell them. Kids learn what we model for them. Yes. And so that's a really key piece. And so I love the model that you have created for everyone, Stephen. Yeah, you know, it's like, I want to be Stephen when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just know I wanted to be my dad, and, you know, and I just knew what he taught was right. I don't even know how he learned it. He didn't even have a dad. It's amazing. Some people are just old souls and just good people. And um so I used to say, how did you learn to be such a great dad when you didn't have a dad? You know, he just, he didn't want, he wanted me to have better than what he had, you know, and that's, and I want my children to have better than what I have. And I want my grandchildren to have even better and to give more and to learn more. I want them to have things, but I want them to understand the value of having things and even more important than material things that it is really important to help other people and, and be of service whether you're up high or up low or however you're feeling. And um, what you said earlier, I just wanted to say is so true. When, um, when you are feeling depressed 
and you don't even feel like getting out of bed, that's a really good time to be of service and help others. And, and you don't feel like it, but pull yourself out and go feed the homeless or do something. And it just gets you out of yourself. And it's gotten me out of myself at times when I didn't feel like uh, getting out of bed or something. Just try and do something for others. And, um, and then you forget about what's in your head because it's just imaginary most of it. One of the things, and I'm just going to ask because you know, we understand with teens, there's the whole self-interest piece. You know, I could be out to the mall with my friends. But what gets in the way of most people actually giving their time and talent in service to others, where they're interacting with other people? What stops us from doing that? Because some days it does seem to be a struggle. Yeah, it's... It, you know, everyone's got a lot going on and, and a lot of people also, they have to make a living, of, you know, and they have to put food on the table and they're thinking, how can I do something for else when I need to do my own things? And, and um, I think it's really important to, to try and always do the things for others, but everyone's got a lot going on and everyone's really busy. But, but then sometimes you ask yourself what you're really busy doing. And if it's things for yourself, you can maybe do one less thing for yourself and do one more thing for someone else. I was wondering if the judgment piece, is it, is it possible to just suspend the judgment about whether or not somebody deserves to have the help and go and help them anyway? Yeah, you should always go and help them anyway. Um, I believe everyone deserves that. Um, you know, uh, the, only, the only thing I'd like to say about that is <clears throat> the people should want to help themselves because I've tried to help people who, who didn't, weren't trying as hard as I was. And I said, you know, I don't have, I, we can't do this till you decide you are really going to stop drinking. You know, so not just half stop drinking and stuff. So we'll talk again when you really stop drinking and, and, and I'll, I'll help you find a job when you really want a job, you know, I could say I was trying harder and then the people, oh my God, you almost found me one. <laughs> You're scared of working, you know, so, so that's when uh, everyone's got to want it to get better and to really do it. There you go. Truer words. Um, one of my favorite people to quote is Abraham Lincoln and he happens to be my ancestor. He said that it does not matter how tall your grandfather was. You, man's got to do his own growing. <laughs> That's beautiful. I never heard that one. And you related to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> My mom traced back our genealogy at one point, um, And she was really excited when she got to the connection to Abraham Lincoln's mother. And it was able to, that made her feel really good. And she continued the genealogy. And then she had an ancestor who was well-known, but not well-known for being nice. And so she stopped the genealogy research at that point. But yeah, I have interesting ancestors in my back, in my background, both you know, those that made positive change in the world and those that didn't. So we're all a mixed bag. And yes. it was a lot of fun to have this conversation and to bring everybody on this journey into the two different worlds, you know, because it takes the village, Stephen. It takes the 
how do you work with the computers? What's going on behind the scenes? How do you manage the human relationships? And you're just a delight to have around, and I appreciate you. Oh, that's so nice of you. Very, to say. very much. Yeah, my wife and I say sometimes it takes a village and an army. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> does. Right. It, it takes a village and an army sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. everyone, please take advantage of the mindarrive.com. You know, look at what's available to you because these make a difference. Share them with the people you care about. Take the resources and use them for yourself and share them with others. And thank you for sharing your time with us, Stephen. Thank you so much. And if anyone's out there and you have a wonderful idea that you want to get out to the world, I, I encourage you to contact me and I would, you know, be happy to help you try and make that happen. And again, that's not chargeable. That's my gift to you. So, um, you know, use me, <laughs> my technology and my brain to get your beautiful gift out to the world. And thank you, Jackie, for having me on your show and all the wonderful work you do. And I look forward to being your data guy. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited to have a data guy. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, please welcome Stephen, the data guy. Yeah. All right. So we are on a roll. And we will, yeah, you're getting lots of thank yous in the chat and we so appreciate you. Thank you.